0: Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith.
1: Truck drivers, and our call in number is 347 826 9170. If you have something you would like to share, be glad to get you on live on the air just as soon as we can, right here on Truth About Trucking Live. And um, I um, let's see, I've got my tea, I've got everything here set, and uh, I'm still awake so glad to be here and glad that you are here. Um, callers are on the line and uh, listeners there. We have, uh, well, we're up to 17, 16, 16, 17 people in the uh, chat room so far, a lot of guests, so uh, I see you all there, and thank you for being here and glad to have you. And um, we're going to talk about this mandatory retirement age for truck drivers. It's a uh, kind of started floating around in the news uh 2007, 2008 and uh really didn't go anywhere, really didn't do anything. And uh I personally don't see anything of the sort happening in quite some time if it does happen. But uh we're going to talk about it and would like to hear from you on this subject what you think. And um I'll be uh talking about what's going on up in Canada about a regulation up there that they deal with and uh, but first, Donna, you—I um, uh, see you're you're hanging with me, right? I'm here. And, Hi,
2: everyone.
1: And you um, have a few. Um, uh, my brain is thinking here.
3: Announcements.
1: Yeah, a few announcements, <laughs> and uh, and also we ought to give some shout-outs to our uh, international callers because you know this is one of the coolest things about this internet talk show. And uh, as you know, we, we were the very first and premier trucking talk show on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we're heard all around the world saying that being that it's a uh, Wide web. And uh, it's really cool getting the emails from our international listeners. I get them all over the world from Switzerland and Australia and Kuwait and a lot of military personnel who are about to uh, finish their tour of duty to come over and and look for uh, truck driving jobs, uh, even have um, listeners in Japan. But, uh, Donna, you heard from uh, one of our international listeners.
3: Uh, yeah,
4: I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Gray in New Zealand. He's just sent us a message and on Facebook and said he'd be listening. So, hi, Jeff. We appreciate you being here. Uh,
1: New Zealand. Oh, that's a long way from Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, you had some announcements. Yeah, I
4: wanted to um, get them back from the show last week. We had tremendous response from that show. Uh, that was the one with Donna Creekmore. And we talked about the Arrow closing, shut down. And uh, we tried to mention a lot of the people that contributed. Of course, it would be impossible to mention everybody uh, who helped during that crisis because there were thousands Um, However, um, Dan Little of OOU had a big part in that, and uh, we failed to uh, recognize that, so I want to just mention that uh, tonight. Um, He was on Twitter. He was tweeting. He was making phone calls on behalf of the stranded arrow drivers, and he actually was the one who uh, contacted um, Bob McCarty, who got uh, it on CNN, who broke the story to the public. Um, they offered, OOU Board of Directors offered, offered a one-year 100% free membership to all our drivers. So a big thank you to am Sorry we missed you uh, last week, but um, better, better late than never. And also, I just want to mention that Alan is the um, Tampa Bay Trucking Examiner now. He started Um, A series for CDL training Uh, He released part one today Last week he had his first uh, article out uh, Concerning truck driving jobs So you can check him out there At the Tampa Bay Trucking Examiner Of course he still does all his blog posts I don't know where he gets the time But he does And um, that's on Ask the Trucker also, a big thank you to Rihanna Weir, the Dallas Trucking Examiner. Uh, she picked up on our show tonight and wrote an article uh, for the for the Dallas Examiner, uh, and uh, we want to thank her. Uh, I also want to just, uh, even before the show starts, I want to read the comment, since we are speaking about uh, mandatory um, age retirement tonight tonight. This was the comment by uh, Desiree that I think is appropriate to mention. Um, It says, I had a 29-year-old trainer who encouraged me to tailgate, exceed the speed limit in rural areas, crossed Donner Pass in January without chains, which is not only dangerous but illegal. Um, it, it goes on to say that, on the other hand, uh, if, if you see Sandy Talbot, who is pictured on her realwomenintrucking.com website, she is 69 and sharp as a tack. She could probably still open a can of whoopee on most of the guys and she just goes on well the whole point is that uh actually it's it's the the driver themselves and of course I know Alan has a big show prepared for that and I won't get into it, but I just wanted to uh mention that. Okay. And I guess um I'm trying to see oh, I did wanna mention our sponsorships, uh, our advertising, um you can go on the Ask the Trucker blog and click on the link that says Advertising, and it will explain uh, our our programs for you, either on the Blog Talk radio, uh, the Ask the Trucker blog, or the iPhone trucker application. And um, you could just go on Ask the Trucker and check that out.
1: Okay. Is that it?
4: That's it for me.
1: All right. Well, just feel free to jump in with me as we uh, go along here. And I'm just looking. Uh, um, a lot of the lines are filling up, listeners. Uh, let's see where we got. We got listeners: uh, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Delaware, Minnesota, New Mexico, California, all across the country. So we welcome you, and every, again, everybody in the chat room. And and you know, I got to thinking about this mandatory retirement age because we started hearing these. Um, uh, really horrible news uh, you know o- online and in the newspaper or some of them made international news where these uh, senior drivers had um, had been involved in fatality accidents a uh, couple in michigan i remember one in new jersey uh, and then again of course we started seeing um, as i was searching around uh... attorneys and everybody's safety advocate groups uh once again calling for uh, mandatory retirement age for truckers at the age of 65, and they based this on the uh, airline pilots who uh, were fighting retirement age since the 1960s. And being a pilot, I followed, I followed that a lot, too. And airline pilots had to retire at the age of 60, and in February of 2007, they raised it to 65, mandatory for airline pilots. And, and that's kind of where they started going on with this uh, truck driver thing and and this isn't to undermine any fatal accident that has occurred because of this i mean uh one fatal accident is too many and i'm certainly not taking anything away from uh, the tragedy that the families of the victims have experienced but with my experience in trucking 34 years i uh i know a lot of drivers in their 70s and even in their 80s, I have a few uh, drivers just around here locally I know that are still driving. One is 82, and to be quite honest, um, uh, they can drive circles around me. And so I got to thinking, well, how how serious is this? And and uh, I know that not every accident uh, has been on uh, the news or anything, but I cannot seriously find that many accidents across the country from elderly drivers um i find i find one in 2008 uh one recent in 2009 another one in 2007 and uh, of course they are bound to happen but how serious is um this issue for truck drivers to retire at 65 just hang up their hat as soon as they hit 65 they're done and so that's what we're going to talk about and and uh, just kind of weed through this and see exactly how serious this is. And if it's something, like I said, personally, I, I don't know if it will ever happen. And if it does, I see it a long way away. But how serious really is it? Um, I think... Um, well, oh, the FMCSA has reported that uh, over 4,000 people are killed per year in fatal truck crashes, um, but how many are actually caused because the driver was over 65? Uh, and that that's the question I think we need to look at. Um, the FMCSA itself reports that thousands of these accidents occur each year because of Safety violations such as defective brakes, bad tires, or uh, overweight loads, and um, many of the truck drivers involved uh, according to the FMCSA uh, had little or no training and some were some were sixty five or older, and many of the other drivers had a history of alcohol and drug abuse, so the problem with this statement is that there are just too many variables Uh, not only that but there's very broad and vague terms that are used here such as uh, such as many drivers or little or no training um, defective brakes bad tires uh, alcohol drug use overweight loads a lot of variables here and i mean for example if a 72 year old driver gets into a serious accident is it because he or she is too old or or was it faulty equipment or perhaps they had perhaps they're just tired because they had been up for 20 hours forced to run illegally or or maybe the maybe the older driver has an alcohol problem so was it the age, or one of the other variables? And I don't see where they are taking into effect all the variables that that play into this system. And in order to answer, in order to um, answer these variables, that you would have to have a series of data, a, a monitored study, which would take into account all of the variables that uh, surround professional truck driving. And as far as I know, there has not been such a study made. And uh, Donna, I know you've done research. I I don't know if you have you found a study such as that?
4: No, I looked, and uh, basically uh, uh, the the, the most I could see is that they said 16% of the accidents were caused by driver's 65 and older. However, you have to look at the data in that. Also, um, you know, you can play around with numbers all you all day long, but if you don't include the other aspects that you were just uh, talking about, for example, the number one cause of accident is driver fatigue, and you know, I mean that. That, as we know, is going to be a big uh, a big part of CSA 2010, this driver fatigue, and it's going to to really uh, be looking at the the logbooks. Well, a lot of times driver fatigue is caused by being forced to run hard, um, being at a shipper or a receiver for hours, and it eats into your rest time. So you look at this data at ages, and you have to wonder: well, what else is is in the play? Because, as far as I could see, and I know you're going to get into this later, many of the accidents caused actually are um, are inadequate CDL training, uh, much more so than than drivers over 65. So. Uh, I know we have one example, like if you have 100 drivers, um, you know, their equipment, let's say their equipment's all good, they have no record of alcohol abuse, they're low to the correct weight, and they've all had plenty of rest. Uh, the proper way to measure this would be to see what percentiles the drivers over 65 fall in. If 10 out of the 100, then it's 10%. Uh, you know, maybe 25% were between 20 and 25 years old, maybe 10% were between uh, 35 and 40, and so on and so forth. You'd have to keep all those variables the same, the the equipment, the load, the drug abuse, all the defective tires and brakes. You know, you have to take all that into consideration when you're going to do a controlled study, and that's the key word, these um, these figures and data that they come up with, it's not controlled and in research, um, if you don't run a control with your experiment, well then you might as well throw all that data out the window because it's totally worthless when you don't have something to compare it to. And I think that's a, a, a problem with coming up with these kinds of uh,
1: figures and analysis yeah i do too and i think uh uh, naturally of course there's a lot of uh emotion and feelings involved in in this but i think you're absolutely right because i mean it's like a um these things just seem to make the news i mean just like a uh, major uh airliner going down it's going to make the news but does that mean that flying is safe and obviously not or is unsafe and obviously not, because we all know that flying is the, the safest form of transportation. But the bottom line is that in order for an accurate study to be made, like you said, it would be necessary to take all of the variables into account, and I, as of yet, have not been able to find a study that's that's done that. So, I mean, let's face it, a uh, a, a new driver's judgment and reaction time might be compromised because of lack of experience, and yet... Uh, Motor carriers don't seem to have a problem uh, letting loose drivers with only three weeks of formal training and perhaps maybe just another two months with a trainer, and this in no means is uh, bashing the new students. I mean, this is truth about trucking, and we all know I I started this whole thing for CDL students and new drivers, and it's not their fault. It falls on the the, uh, shoulders of the carrier's. And uh, we're supposed to be talking about safety here, but uh, how can it be so safe when they want to run these drivers through the CDL mills and push out the veteran experienced drivers uh, so they can pay a lower CPM rate? And uh, again, it goes back to figuring all the variables into this. And these variables can be seen uh, up north right there in Canada because there probably isn't a uh, Class A driver in Canada at or over the age of 65 who hasn't heard of Regulation 340-94, and particularly Section 16 of that regulation. And to my understanding, this is a regulation that Canada has in place where drivers, uh, when they hit 65, have to take retesting annually. They have to take a physical, a written test, and a road test Every year thereafter, after they reach 65, and um, they're just currently required to relicense upon reaching age 65 in Canada. So, uh, is that something that we should have right here in the U.S.? And what's what's odd about this uh, regulation there in Canada is that age is the sole trigger for this requirement. And uh, as far as I know. Uh, Canada is the only area in North America, and as, as, as I can see, for even the world, where this occurs. And uh, Ontario's Minister of Transportation uh, called it a safety issue, citing that the increased responsibilities and higher level of proficiency required to operate this, these CMVs, uh, and coupled with the fact that truckers spend long hours at the wheel and often under ad- adverse driving conditions – and all this kind of stuff increases their exposure to the risk of a collision. Uh, but lately, in remarks to uh, drivers in Canada inquiring about the validity of this test, um, the transport minister added something to the party line, so to speak. At what she says uh, is a statistical justification for the testing. Uh, Class A license drivers there in Canada... That are age 65 and older, um, the transport minister states are one and a half times more likely to be involved in an injury collision than those aged 45 to 64. And looking at that statistic, uh, the minister says that they have to ensure that they're obviously ready to drive or continue to drive. And so that is why Canada has this regulation 340/94. But is there a higher accident rate among working senior Class A license holders? And I myself don't see it. Um, now, the responses from uh, bureaucrats and politicians there in Canada have been um, um, discussing this thing for years, but they've never really been conclusive. And um, according to a spokesperson, with the Owner Operators Business Association of Canada. Uh to see research that justifies the testing requires a formal freedom of information request and of course a fee. So how about the total number of class A license holders aged sixty five and older uh there in Canada and the number of convictions under the H T A for that group. And um, the uh OBAC says it's just not that simple. The people at the licensing, admin, licensing uh, administration office um, says that information for speeding convictions, for example, does not link age with licensed class. So this regulation in Canada can tell you the range of speed by age group and range of speed by license class but it cannot tell you how many older class A license holders are speeding, and Donna there we get into we we get into this variable thing
4: right right, and that's just it. It's very difficult to uh have a study like this because of all the variables that are going on uh It's very difficult to control uh this type of uh study <clears throat> and it it's well, let me put it to you this way, I, just to ask everybody out there, um, who, if, who would you feel more comfortable with if you were going down Donner Pass, a 25-year-old driver who has had three weeks in a CDL now, or maybe two or three months with a trainer, or a 72-year-old driver who's been driving for 50 years? I mean, just
1: think I'll, about that for a minute. I'll, I'll go with a 50 years experience. Right,
4: and I'm I'm sure a lot of people listening there too, and a lot of the problems. And I know you're going to get into this with your um, examiner training articles, uh, but a lot of this comes into play with the training. Uh, the some of the trainers are they only have six months experience, and their training new drivers. So the problem, I'd really like to see a study on how many accidents are caused by inadequate training uh, of new drivers and then compare it. I bet you the statistics uh, are much greater. And I hope people are listening to this because I believe that this is the real safety issue out there, not the drivers sixty five and older um, we've we've got a lot of work to do on these cdL training programs, and that doesn't mean just the schools. this is the actual uh, what goes on within the companies during their training uh, programs of actually teaching like what criteria are they basing their their trainers uh you know what what do they need? What are the requirements in order to be a trainer? And uh, I think I think a closer look has to be taken at that. I mean, recently, uh, we had a blog talk radio show about a year ago, and it discussed uh, a lot of the problems that were going on within the CDL training within the companies. and it, a lot of it was the women that were coming in and they were having problems uh, and harassment. So all these things uh, take play uh, into, into the tr- training process of how, how well you're going to be trained. I mean, if, if you're having a hard time just getting along with your trainer and they really aren't uh, prepared to be a trainer uh, with the skills required to teach uh, or the people skills, then then you're going to have someone who comes out with not the right kind of training. Um, so I, I would be looking at that as a study and, uh, you know, not so much the uh, older drivers, the veteran drivers with the experience. Not to say that, uh, you know, just like you said before, you don't want to dismiss it. But I would hope people, when they get a certain age, that they would realize that their judgment and reflexes were slowing down and would be wise enough, considerate enough to say, well, maybe it's time for me to um, to hang up the keys now.
1: Well, that's one thing that they found in Canada, and uh, it's funny that you bring that up because um, uh, it's been shown in, in Canada that drivers in their 70s and above um, – And this is just physiological. You know, we all all know that as we age, things uh, go downhill a little bit, but they can uh, also have uh, physical problems and uh, uh, memory problems, become disoriented. Um, But uh, they found in Canada that many drivers uh, above the age of 70 are reluctant to admit they have a problem and quit driving. So that could be the same thing here. But, uh, again, as you said, I think... I think the big problem is like you say, Donna, is it's the the way the training is set up right now because if you really look and try to find um these accidents for these older drivers, there are just not many there's just not many out there and again, you know, one is too many, but to base it on, you know, hey you hit sixty five, you've gotta retire, um, just is not uh, accurate. So let let's grab a caller here uh, from uh, Virginia, area code two seven six. Uh, go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, how
5: you doing? My name is uh, Elton Miller, A.K.A. Mister Biggs. The thing that I'm not understanding that you know, I've been out there driving for 13 years, but the older drivers now, the guys the 70 and above, they paved the way for us younger drivers to come out here now, the younger generation. Paved but the, the question way for... that I have, the question that I do have, is that uh-huh. you know. I've been out here driving for 13 years. I lost my CDL for one year. Why is it that I have to go through the whole situation of doing a road test, and from the road test, and I got to do the pre-trip and the inspection? I'm not understanding that.
6: Yeah,
1: well, that's all the that's all the regulations. That's like if you're uh, out of uh, if you like quit driving for uh, a year or even longer, I mean, you might even have to be forced to go through a CDL training school. So how crazy is that? It uh, don't
5: make no sense to me.
1: Yeah, so uh, so what are you saying? Do you think that uh, if a driver gets to a certain age, that they should have a, a retest uh, requirement like they do in Canada?
5: Yeah, I think that they should. Yes, I do. But the, you know, but back to the situation, though, know, the older guys out here, you know, the older guys and the older females out here that's been out here driving long enough, they have paved the way for the new for the new generation. I have a friend yeah, of mine; I- he's been driving over forty some years. And this guy right here, I can call him for anything and hey, he's there for me.
3: Yeah. But yeah, you know, I hear like you.
5: I said, it's, it's it's a point in the time where hey, you know, if they feel like they're gonna start to be accident prone, they need to, you know, step down.
1: Oh yeah. I mean and that's even in uh even in the four wheelers and everything, but you know, if they I, I, I guarantee you there's more uh more accidents by elderly drivers and four wheelers oh. than there are in semis. Yeah, it is. It is. But how um let's see, I had a question, you made me think of something but uh uh now I can't think of it. are you currently driving now?
5: No, I'm going back to um I'm going back to driving probably within the next uh two weeks, maybe. Are you? Yes. I'm Did going you to have drive to for take a, a refresher of the, uh, for it? Yeah, no, I didn't have to take a refresher course. The only thing they asked for me to do was to go back and just do the, the um take all three of the tests and then do a pre trip back and then i get to do the road test all right
1: that's good okay well
5: good but you know i had this i had my sister had the ticket that was up in ohio i got um i got a speed ticket to doing 55 and doing 56 and the 55
1: yeah yeah are you gonna are you fighting
5: it well i couldn't fight it because the company said that they was going to pay the ticket for me Six months later, they didn't pay it. I got caught driving in Hope, Arkansas, under suspension of license, and then even lower.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That sounds familiar.
5: Yeah, so that's how they stuck it to me. You know, I ain't have three more months, and so my truck would have been paid for, it, and everything would have been beautiful. But now, hey, hey, that's what happened to me in the wrong yeah. place at the wrong time. Yeah, which yeah, I after that- I. Feel like, I feel like part of it was my fault for not checking back up on it, but you know, hey, I'm a truck driver, and I, I, I trust what the company say. I trust what safety say. If they ain't safe, you know, if they, if it, you know if it can't be safety, that you can take their word for then Who can you depend on?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's called CYA. You know, depend on yourself. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I would have, you know, I understand where you're you're coming from. I mean, the company you work for tell you they're going to take care of it. You expect them to take care of it, but. That's that's just kind of the things that go on in this industry, but but uh, well, I appreciate your call and drive safe out there when you get back on the road.
5: All right, thank you very much.
1: All right, thanks for calling. I do appreciate it. And um, um, you know, he was talking about um, the speeding ticket, and uh, the reason I wondered if he fought it was because, uh, uh, especially with the CSA twenty ten, you you need to fight this thing and and it's just something that we have to talk before here you don't you don't don't let a move-in violation attack your CDL instead you attack that ticket
0: speeding ticket Violation, Traffic tickets are a hassle which cost valuable time and money. In many cases, DMV surcharges can cost $300 or more. Your insurance could increase or your license could be suspended. But now there's an affordable solution. Don't just fight that ticket, attack it at attackthatticket.com. Hi, I'm Michael Palumbo, attorney, former police officer, and founder of AttackThatTicket.com. Call us today for a free consultation at 1-877-99NOTIX. That's 1-877-99NOTIX. We'll explain how we can save you from suspensions, expensive fines, and surcharges. We charge a low flat fee, and best of all, you never have to appear in court. So remember, the next time you get a ticket, don't just fight it. Attack it at AttackThatTicket.com. That's www.AttackThatTicket.com. Go to
3: AttackThatTicket.com today and eat your traffic, worry, no less. Attack That Ticket.
1: And that's t- Attorney Michael Palumbo out of the state of New York. So you get a moving violation anywhere in New York, he's the man you need to contact. He's the guy who will attack that ticket for you. Easy to find, attackthatticket.com. And Patches, let's get you get you on here, uh, pull you up here. You've been hanging on there. Uh, go ahead, you're on the show. How's it going?
6: How are you doing, Al? You been able yourself? I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard, ain't
1: it? Yeah, it is. What do you think about this thing? Should uh, what's your views on this?
6: Well, if a driver still has the mental and the physical capabilities of doing the job and the dexterity, uh, there's no problem with uh, a first being over the age of 65. There's no reason. I know I got some friends of mine that uh, one guy's in his 80s, like you have.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: He's still driving truck. And he still has the clarity and the abilities to do so. And the CSA 2010 deal, to me, a lot of the things they have might be good in one way. But another in a lot of other ways, now this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. is start, it's creating double standards again. And even more than what we have with the DAC report. Because all problems in the trucking is not the trucker. It's also got to think of the general public and and all. Sometimes they cause these accidents and then turn around and blame it on the trucker, which is wrong. Oh, Oh, yeah. There's nothing we personally can do about that. They'll do it until Kingdom Come comes. (laughs) But we've just got to work together. And the only way we can do that is to get the uh, senators and congressmen to understand what we see, and what they're missing. Yeah,
1: that could be a a battle in itself.
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't going to say it's easy. I can't say it's easy. Because anything in this life, easy, it ain't worth it. Everything's got to be hard. Hard to do. They think uh, trucking is an easy job. You can do it within 30 days. You learn how to do it. That is so far off the mark. It's pathetic. you know
1: that's where we we get back to uh, what Donna was bringing up, that uh, I think the real issue here is how the uh, training procedures are uh, implemented today. And even the uh, Owner-Operators Business Association of Canada, I mean, they have this regulation in place, but the uh, OBAC states that there is no evidence anywhere that would suggest age in and of itself should act as a barrier to employment or driving privilege. I think one of these horrible accidents when they occur, it's newsworthy and it makes the news and we all hear about it and emotions are flying which is uh understandable. But again, when you when you really research and look and try to find uh fatality accidents by older drivers, they are extremely minimal.
6: They're rare. Uh, To a degree, but at the same time, uh, a fatal accident is caused how and why did this happen? Was it the truck driver or was it the the general public doing something that caused the driver to do something different that he doesn't normally uh, expect?
1: Well, it's like we said said earlier, too. I mean, was it the driver or was it bad tires? Was it an overweight load? Uh, was there alcohol or drug abuse uh defective brakes? I mean when you look at when you really dig into this thing and really research it and Donna like you said if you when you start really throwing all the variables into the mix uh i just I don't see that many I don't see hardly any accidents that are related purely to the age of the driver
4: matter of sure. fact, anywhere you look online it's the same. Two stories that they quote, no matter which uh, magazine or blog, uh, when they want to uh, confirm or discuss the 65-year-old uh, mandate that they hope to get, they only have these two particular incidences. And I thought to myself, well, everybody's using two incidents. Well, that's really not that messy if that's
1: all they can all come up with. Yeah, I mean, and each one is is tragic, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, everything I look and find is uh, it's always uh, relating to those same accidents that uh, occurred in '07 and '08, and uh, I think just recently in in 2009, and that's what kind of got it kicked off again. And there's not really that many people screaming for this mandatory retirement age, it just kind of kicked it into the limelight again a little bit. But, uh, uh, I mean, Patches, I know you've been out there long, a long time. Uh, I mean, has, yeah, I have. You, have you seen that many accidents by, by uh, due to uh, a driver just being in the 70s or so?
6: No, I haven't, not honestly.
1: I, I cannot either.
6: say that. Uh, the one thing is, uh, we also got to look at how is that accident reported? The uh, newspapers and radio stations and all that, how do they report it? A lot of times, they don't have the facts when they're making the report. So they naturally, what do they do? First words out of the mouth, the trucker. And when you come out uh, uh, making a statement such as that, they're blaming the trucker right off the get-go without the facts
1: yeah well we've, we've all we've all seen the stories of the killer trucks on the highway and in these crashes that we're talking about i mean unfortunately it did turn out to be uh... the driver and all of them were in their seventies seventy and seventy one and seventy two Um and one was driving at a high rate of speed and um i don't know what the other guy was doing oh he cr- Cross the center line, and I don't really know why or what happened. And I mean, yeah, it can happen. And uh, I mean, I know a driver who was um, in his late seventies. I knew him personally, who um, who had a heart attack while he was running down the road, uh, Interstate Ten in Texas. And so, I mean, yeah, these these things can happen. And again, not at all taken away from the tragedy that the families went through, but. Uh, Donna, the, the statistics are just not there to back up uh, this mandatory retirement age.
4: I haven't found and I've, I've searched and I've searched, and if there's somebody out there who is, you know, has some, please uh, feel free to send us a link that is info at Truth About Trusting, uh, because I've, I've looked all over and I the only thing I could come up with was these same two uh, that happens in, um, I guess, have Lavonia, Mississippi. Is MI Mississippi out? Um, I know. I get the logic stuff. Is that Missouri?
1: It's what now? Is
4: MI is Missouri or Mississippi.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd like to see if anybody has anything more out there, too. But, uh. uh huh?
4: I, I know. I was just saying. I get the uh, states all mixed up. I know you always so laugh at I me when we had the morning business.
1: Took like the You're break. You're breaking up for some reason. I can't really understand what you're saying.
4: Okay. Let me let me try this. Is this better?
1: Yeah, that's better. Oh, okay. No,
4: I was just saying that this one accident that they quote all the time is in Livonia. I guess that's Michigan. Michigan is MI.
3: Yeah. Okay
4: and uh no i was just laughing cuz i remember how much you used to uh tease me cuz i used to get my uh my abbreviations wrong on the states
1: when we have the oh.
3: company
4: oh
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh I'm, mi would be minnesota and yeah, i'd say no yeah, I had... no minnesota's the mn so yeah, all right well pat hey, patches thanks for uh thanks for your call um uh we'll um yeah i wanted to get on to uh uh, we had talked about um, fatigue and, and things, but um, also, you know, I, I want to mention, too, here real quick. You know, you've you heard me talk about RickFolk.com, and, and as an owner, operator, independent contractor, insurance is one of the biggest expenses you're going to have. And as a business person, you're always looking for the best price for the best coverage. RickFolk.com is the place for all your insurance needs go online and have your insurance quote within five minutes, and RickFolk.com works with over 50 of the best insurance companies in America, and that's how they can take care of all your insurance needs, and like I've mentioned before, they offer many types of discounts, such as an owner-operator discount, an experienced business discount, a dedicated route discount, discounts that gives you a winning edge over the other competition, so RigQuote.com will provide you with the best coverage at the best price, and you can get a quote online in less than five minutes. So find out for yourself. Go to RigQuote.com, and you'll see what I mean when I say they are changing the way insurance providers do business. So if you're an owner-operator trying to save money, check them out while you listen to the rest of the show, RigQuote.com. And, Donna, you had mentioned earlier about fatigue, and I hear all the time, um, and it usually comes from attorneys, law firms, fatigue is the number one killer. Fatigue is the number one killer, and I don't agree with that at all. I totally I totally disagree with it. I know too many truckers who have the stamina of, of a bull. I mean, you've seen me. I run 70 hours a week, no problem. I've been up since 1030 yesterday morning. Here I am and still up. These are professional drivers. I mean, fatigue plays a part. I think Mike Rohn of uh, RMR Consultants mentioned one time that uh, it was a small percentage uh, that fatigue is actually the uh, is is a bit, is not the big problem that they make it out to well, be. Well, they,
4: they're putting it down as the number one cause of accidents, and, and that's absolutely it, false. Another thing that's being attached to that and is the sleep apnea. And what they're saying is that uh, because those who have sleep apnea have uh, irregular sleeping patterns, that they usually are tired and fatigued, that this could be a risk. So they're attaching the, the sleep apnea problem to this driver fatigue. Now, attached to the sleep apnea problem, uh, they're, they're, they're correlating uh, – Overweight drivers with sleep apnea so it it's like this this domino effect driver fatigue, sleep apnea, overweight drivers that's that whole thing that's coming into play with the body mass and the neck size and uh, and all this so uh, I, I think you know there's there's a lot more to it i I know the the companies are uh, are, are, are doing a lot with their drivers. We've been getting uh, more more lately than in the past that their their company was giving them a problem, uh, telling them that they have to go for a test and all this, and, and they want the driver to pay for it. They won't pay for it. And personally, my opinion, it's just one more way to weed out the drivers because uh, – I mean, we, we know that the, the truck driver shortage is, is being uh, exclaimed now uh, uh, throughout the industry. They keep saying freight's picking up, we don't have enough drivers, and so forth. In the meantime, we get the emails from the student drivers who just graduated school, and they're complaining nobody will hire us. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of contradictions going on right now uh... in the industry uh... why aren't they getting hired uh, there's a lot of drivers that are still saying i have one right and say they only had five hundred miles this week so you know you get so frustrated you really just wish you knew the truth of what's going on out there the motives and everything and with the with the new truck driver shortage that's um... being projected you better believe that these CDL schools are going to be swamped. And uh, with three-week training and uh, inadequate company training uh, that needs to be really looked at, these companies need to, to get a hold and, and get their training programs in place, we could have a disaster out there um, with, with a whole bunch of new drivers coming, coming in if if things aren't taken care of and i wouldn't be worried about the 65 year old drivers uh, that would be the least of my
1: worries yeah and again it's not the uh it's not the fault of the new drivers coming in it's the way the system is set up right now but i think uh basically what you're saying is uh the cause for fatigue would be a good study not a study on um Drivers 70 and older. I well, mean, most
4: of the people who who complain about fatigue are complaining because they're either up because of shippers and receivers uh, holding them up, and they can't sleep. Uh, it's 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 cutting into their rest time. Yeah, uh, we, and that was that was obvious on the that um, hours of service show we had. I mean, so many people called in and and said it's a joke. They're lucky if they get four or five hours a night because uh, their 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 schedules are all messed up when they go and, and pick up or
3: deliver.
1: Yeah, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way it's been for a long time, and that's, that's what they really need to be focusing on is how the system is set up for drivers now. Uh, caller from uh, Indiana, Area Code 317. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello, caller from Indiana, area code 317. Donna, can you hear me? I
2: can hear you.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, he dropped off. Okay, let's go to, uh, let me look here. Boy, they make these little numbers small. Uh, See, I'm 51, and there goes my eyesight already. Uh, Pull them up here. Caller from Pennsylvania, area code 484. Go ahead, you're on the air.
0: Yes, I so like going to go into discussion about the fatigue um, yeah. What's your thoughts I think one of the major problems is, is that they stopped allowing us to split our sleeper birth time, and so it's forcing us to drive you know eleven hours at a time mm-hmm. in a day. I mean, uh you got these bureaucrats in Washington that use data to put together these laws that are just stupid. I mean, um they can use these this data to spin. The, uh, the to come up to any agenda that they want to. Am I right?
1: Oh, exactly. And they, uh, I mean, I, I'm so I'm willing to bet that you like the uh, old sleeper rule a whole lot better than the new one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it allows you to spell your sleep time, giving you better options of how you want to sleep, rather than having to cram in all that driving time within fourteen hours.
1: Right. Right, because that, the old clock is ticking. So uh, Exactly,
0: well, and that makes it harder for you to make a dollar because, you know, you can't have your loads come in on a, on a clock-to-clock base sometimes you're making a delivery, and then you're sitting and waiting on your clock, all right, and that, that clock is ticking. If you get, don't get that load for another four hours, that's four hours of time that you're not making money. So yeah, one well, of the major problems is, is that the pay scale is not being adjusted to the laws that they're making, and now we're having to suffer with our paychecks every week.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the second you go on duty, you've got to start pushing to make the money that you can, and that is the, that's the push that we've always talked about that's really made it hard on drivers. So what it
0: comes down to is that if they're really serious about our fatigue situation and everything, maybe they should look, put everything on the table and rework how the whole system is working rather than trying to deal with when we should sleep, when we shouldn't sleep. You know, just put everything on the table and work off the whole new
3: system
1: yeah, well, the whole new system they are coming up with CSA 2010, we'll see. And I know they're still kind of kicking around uh, thoughts about changing the hours of service, but there hasn't been any reports on that. Yes. Yeah, they're how, going to give us one
0: less hour of driving time. And who's how that going to benefit from
1: How big of a problem is fatigue for you personally out there on the road?
0: Well, me personally, I get paid a percentage of the line hauls that I drive. So, you know, time is money for me. I mean, I just, you know... If uh, if I'm running short on time, I deliver a load at, you know, like, uh, for example, yesterday I delivered a uh, load in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and then I went up to Slidell and I sat there for about six or seven hours before I got dispatched another ticket,
3: you know. Yeah. I'm,
0: ha- I'm, I'm having to literally lie on my law book and try to adjust my time just to make sure... I can, you know, make up that lost time. So I'm actually got my hands tied where I have to lie on a document that is required by the government to make up in order for me to have that, you know, time for me to do my run so I can make the money I need to not only pay my bills on my truck but also put money on the table for my family.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what I've been saying over and over and over, and now, you know, we're hearing it from, uh, you know, drivers like you that are out there, and I don't know, I mean, it's like you said, it's the bureaucrats that are making this rule that have never even sat in a truck, right?
0: Yeah, the bureaucrats, I like to call themselves public servants, servants, but you're just going to wonder what public are they serving, do you understand what I'm saying? Right. They follow the masses, okay, and you know, they're going to pick on a truck driver because we're so few, right?
3: And, of uh-huh. course,
0: yeah, you could say the truck drivers have the power to bring this country to its knees, but another driver put it best, but he told me you can't even get two drivers to agree on where they're going to stop for a cup of coffee. How are you going to get them to come together to, uh, yeah. to put some of this yeah. nonsense to a stop?
1: Exactly, and that's the problem, and that's always been the problem. But, you know, one thing that does help is uh, – Having discussions like this, and uh, because I know, I know there are those uh, associations and uh, organizations that do listen, and uh, hopefully it'll do some good. But discussions like this do help for them to hear from drivers like you that are, like you said, you're doing what it takes to feed your family. You know, you have to.
0: Exactly. Not only that, but you know, I'm barely making it. I my truck right now is 12 years old. Okay and I'm constantly having put money in it, and just recently, I had to put, drop 3500 bucks into it, you know, and that was just about my whole paycheck Yeah. just to get that fixed, and now I had to, you know, scrape the bottom of the bill just to get by and make my deliveries, okay, and then, you know, try to recover from that situation, and that's something... That shouldn't necessarily happen to a driver to have to go through that situation.
1: Oh, I know, I know. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's 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 tough out there. I mean, personally, I don't know how um, how uh, some of these guys are even making it. But uh, well, I appreciate your call, and uh, I just
4: wanted to ask him something. Okay. Um, how did you hear the show? Was it Facebook, or are you on our subscriber list?
0: I'm sorry. Oh, um Facebook.
4: Okay. What's your name?
0: John Larrabee.
4: Okay, John. I was I'm just trying to to keep track of things and I was just curious.
1: Yeah, well John, I appreciate it and drive safe and uh uh we know it's tough out there, uh and you've got it right on the money, man. You got you, you gotta do what you gotta do. And um I mean I know there's a lot of drivers, you know, I, I get a kick out of these drivers who'll write me and say, I've never cheated on my logs, it's illegal. I mean, come on. You know, I've been here thirty four years, you know, don't don't tell me that stuff. I mean if if you're not doing that, uh I mean the large majority, you know, you're not making any money. Area code uh, three five two right here in Florida. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hi, Ellen. Hi Donna. I thought I thought this is this Gerda? Yeah. Hey, how's it going?
7: Good. Did you want me or someone
1: else? I'm sorry?
7: Were you asking for a different area code? Uh,
1: no, I just saw, I've got your little hand up here. I thought you, that that tells me you wanted to say something.
7: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We were talking about fatigue. This interested me much more than everything else, but we're going to talk about uh, mandatory retirement as well. Okay. um. Uh, as you know, my husband and I we work together, we drive together because otherwise my husband would not be able to bring the money home that he needs uh, doing it legally, as we said before. It is really not realistic how they make the rules up for so many drivers because uh-huh. first of all, I have an h uh, r human resource management uh, background but you know what's money and I cannot work in that field because. We, I used to be making rules for regulation, but it is ridiculous how they think.
3: And right.
7: in real, in reality, is people want to make uh, the the rules and regulation that they work for the drivers and also for the safety, they have to take much deeper as they do. Not only I have my job done. I have a theory where I always say it's. Uh, Safe road, road safety, safe driver, driver safety. That means they have to build first safe roads, and that the roads are not safe enough for fatigue. And by coming up with those uh, stupid rules about uh, apnea and stuff like that, it's just that they don't want that people are complaining about fatigue and cannot rest nowhere. There are some areas, some states where you don't. Find the rest area. If you find one, you cannot even go to the bathroom. That's how full they are. Mm-hmm. And they have to provide that, that people can pull over and have a five-minute fresh air on keep driving if they want to. want to. Like in Arizona, they have white shoulder, they fatigue, pull over. That's what is good. But they don't want to do that all everywhere. It's too expensive. So they don't provide what we need. On the other hand, when we're talking about road safety, is if they have rules, regulation in place, to have uh, safety in the trucking industry, they have to reinforce it, but they don't. Not enough. We've been driving to construction areas where the speed limit is 50-55, and everyone is passing me, except, or one is not allowed to go faster, what's that? And the police is somewhere on the safe roads where nobody can so easily get hurt. That's where they're stopping people. I just don't get it. And when, yeah. we, talk, when we talk about safe drivers, of course the drivers have to do all part for safety on the road. for so fatigue and everything else, including how do we fight for everybody and it's different. Nobody talks about fatigue to the drivers. What is causing fatigue? What can you do about it to improve? They should do that. And a driver cannot sit on the television and watch Dr. R because we're driving. And also they have to implement rules that keeps or drivers safe. Having said that, is all the public but, little hard, but all the little car, all the other stuff is going around there that puts the driver in not being safe. Now, talking about mandatory retirement, when I look at it from the point of view as a human resource manager, in this economy where we are talking about creating jobs, then I would say there should be I have no idea what the age should be because there are young people, young husbands, have children and don't have a job. That's a way of creating jobs because someone who is 80 probably has everything in place and don't need that money does that. If you are talking about physical uh, things, no. I think every driver who is 80 years old, 70, 80, is still driving. They know what they're doing, I'm sure, because I know drivers who are that age, and they're doing just a great job. Uh, As you talked about before, uh, accidents, well, accidents happen to young people, older people. If you really want to take every accident out, we will surprise what age you will get.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that goes back to... uh, uh, study that they did in Canada, too, where uh, they actually discovered that the uh, the older drivers uh, drove much better than the younger truck drivers in a control group. I mean, they based it on the maturity and experience, uh, kind of like just you're saying. So uh, that experience does count. But um, uh, thanks for your call, Gerda. I appreciate it. I want to try to get some uh, other callers in here. I've got a caller from. Oklahoma and uh we'll get to a caller from Nevada. Uh so caller from area code 918 Oklahoma, uh go ahead and then we'll get to the uh, Nevada caller. Hey, it's Jan. Oh, hey Jan, what's going on?
8: I just had a little story I wanted to tell you. Um, you know, it kind of concerns the the age thing, you know, which is a really touchy subject, but Uh, A couple of months ago, Jimmy and I were in a truck stop in Alabama, and I sat and I talked with this elderly gentleman who was a driver, and he was in his 80s, and he had uh, been hurt. He felt he was a flatbedder. He'd fallen off the truck and um, off the flatbed, and he'd hurt himself, and he'd just got back to work. And um, his wife was very sick and at home by herself. And oh, he'd been married for I don't know how many years, but uh, this is a long time, 40-some years, I think, he said. But anyway, I, I sat and I had a long conversation with this man about trucking and about driving, about truck driving schools, about new drivers, about everything that's going on in the trucking community these days. And I was in there for a good 45 minutes to an hour talking to him, went back out to the truck, picked something to eat, go back in there, approach him to start talking to him again, and the man literally did not know who I was. Wow. Not remember talking to me. He acted like I was a complete stranger. Wow. And it was really weird because I've, you know, I've been around people who have dementia before, and this man clearly was in a state of dementia. Yeah, and you wonder how
1: somebody like that uh, still is out there.
8: I don't know.
1: I mean, I, like,
8: don't, I, I really don't. know. Would the company that, you know? pick up on that? If he's not, I didn't see what company he was working for. I've never, we never did see what truck he went out to. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> otherwise, I would have made a phone call. But you know, we weren't there very long, and there, there really wasn't much I could do. You know. Yeah. Um, at this point, he had become a little skittish of even talking to me because I was a stranger, and he was wondering what I wanted from him. You know, he was, he was being very standoffish with me. And, yeah. and I, he didn't remember talking to me at all. And there were other people in the room, so I didn't want to push the issue. But, you know, uh, unless he acts this way in front of people who know him, mm-hmm. how's anybody going to know about it, you know? If yeah. he's never home, if he's out on the road all the time, who's going to know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I'm sure. Dementia uh, at
8: any age. But I, I, you know, I just wanted to tell you that because it was a really, really scary experience knowing that somebody out there is out there driving. You know, somebody like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm positive of it. I mean, I don't know at what great point. And again, that's where. Uh, responsibility of these motor carriers should come in. I mean, if you could see it in just a few matter of minutes talking with a guy, the motor carrier that he's driving for should know. I mean, again, we go back to uh, the responsibility on the motor carrier for their drivers. Uh, Well, thanks, Jan. I appreciate it. Caller, uh, area code 702 uh, Nevada. Uh, Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. What's going on? Oh, I'm
2: I was just listening to Jan there about the uh, mandatory age for retirement, and I think it should be like what sixty, sixty-five
1: years old. Uh, That's just yeah, me, though. We, we
3: have
1: these. We have uh, the the group wanting to push it to sixty-five. Really?
2: Yeah. I yeah. Mean... Oh, by the
1: way, by the, yeah. By, oh, well, I'm uh. By the way, I'm, I'm Daryl.
2: Um, Jan knows me from Facebook. I think Donna knows me. I, I know you had Donna Creek, more. Was it last week you had her on the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week. Yeah, they know me. They know I helped out during the well, – what happened
1: with Arrow there. They know what happened, so, you know, I, I helped out a lot. Oh, no, well, good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I I know there's a lot of people that, that helped out that we didn't get in there, and uh, uh, that was quite a fiasco, wasn't it? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah uh so you're well, one of the you know, guys I mean, on you're, you're one of the guys on Facebook yeah yeah
2: i was um I was a guard at Freightliner my wife is is down there now it's kind of funny they uh, as soon as the aero crisis in, ended they moved me to uh what they, move to? they moved me moved me to a shopping center two months later they moved to the, to a swift drop yard so uh I'm not a driver, but I work with drivers and I've been paying attention to this uh this fourteen hour thing and I don't. I don't understand where these people are getting these hours, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, they make everything. uh, They make everything tough for. It's always a driver. Driver always pays the price, and I can see price being paid from the CSA twenty ten as well. But hey, I appreciate your call. Uh, We're down to about fifteen minutes here. Um, I, um, you know, just real quick, uh, you know the the. Other caller we previously had had uh, was talking about how tough it is out there, and you know working and trying to make his truck payment. and and uh, you know it is. it's tough out there for the drivers. And a lot of people are still wanting that uh, owner operator dream. and uh, you've heard me talk about Mountain truck dot com. and uh, my opinion, it's the best lease program in the industry. Everything is up front and black and white, no hidden fees, no hidden cost. Uh, there's no huge balloon payment at the end of the lease, and that balloon payment by those lease purchase programs offered to the trucking company can be $12,000, $15,000 sometimes. And what happens at the end of the lease, you don't have that kind of money, so you either turn the truck back in, gaining nothing, or you upgrade to another lease truck and start all over again. And furthermore, you're stuck with that company and that company only but not with Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. They offer a truck lease the way a truck lease should be, and they'll even help you find the financing you need. Just make a small, affordable down payment, then make the monthly payments, which run around $1,000 or less per month, and when you make that last payment, they hand over the title, and that's it. Straightforward, up front, the truck is yours, and you're not a slave of the and company. So LoneMountainTruck.com is a real lease, and, again, no hidden fees, no hidden costs, no balloon payment at the end. Lone Mountain Truck leasing is the best lease in the industry. So don't set yourself up for failure by these truck and company owner-operator lease purchase deals. You've heard me talk about these things before. You want to start the right way with your very own owner-operator business. So go to LoneMountainTruck.com, and uh, you can even check out their trucks online. At LoneMountainTruck.com, and tell them you heard about them on Truth About Trucking, Live and and Donna, we're kind of winding down here, but you know the point that the point that I'm kind of getting out of all this is um, there. There's a far greater safety issue that exists right now within trucking, other than the 65-year forced retirement.
4: Oh, absolutely, and if we, I hate to keep using this dead horse. Oh, there, let me fix my phone. I um, but. I really believe that we need to have um, some kind of uh, better training in place. And I'm almost scared with the uh, driver shortage that's, that's being uh, in the media. And, I mean, you just read about it all over. I, I just feel like there's going to be this huge influx of new drivers. And without the adequate training, um, that's going to be the real safety issue and, and that's not just the schools. I mean they have their own problems uh, but that this includes the company training and there's there's quite a few good company training programs out there but on the other hand there's some that really need to step it up and we need to have uh, uh, some some guidelines in place for that.
1: Well I bet I know someone who has an opinion on this and that is Trucker Desiree, right here on the line with us. Hi, Desiree. Well, is she there? I don't know. Uh, Desiree, are you
8: there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. I'm, I had my mic off. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I did to... that real quick.
8: <laughs> oh, I surprised
3: you.
8: <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, I just um, wanted to add a couple things. You know, I drove with a couple people that were um, in their 50s in my student trucker story, and, you know, I made some remarks about that, but I wanted to clarify something. Both of them had former issues with um, drug abuse when they were young, and they had a lot of motor skills damage because of it. So um, I think I made some comments in my student trucker story to take those things into account, you know, when you're having the team, because um, the eyesight, and I I made the comment, Donna made the comment earlier, and and Sandy Talbot, I mean, she's so spry, I mean, uh, but these two people that I'm thinking of specifically from my story, there was a lot of motor skills um, issues. From the the damage, nerve damage that they had experienced from over the years of drug and alcohol use, and um, the eyesight, and one one guy had the shakes real bad, um, and the lady had um, some similar issues. It was really difficult for her to look away from the front of the road to the side without losing control of the truck and the same with him if he even tried to reach for a paper on the dashboard he would go into the other lane or over into the um, to the
0: bumper um,
8: thing on the shoulder so um, but that didn't really have anything to do with the age that had to do with nerve damage and It really has to do with a lot with the recruiting and when you're talking about all of the new drivers. When they they say we're going to have new drivers, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be young drivers. What I saw a lot was poor recruiting where they were actually taking people that were um, from drug rehab facilities. And I think a lot of trainers, if you interviewed a lot of trainers, they will tell you they've had a lot of people who are actually going through withdrawals. And people like that that are going through training, they sleep a lot, they have nerve damage, and they have attention problems. And and some of those things are not cured,
3: some of yeah. those
8: things are forever.
3: Well, I so know.
4: That comes into the account, Desiree, where instead of just getting a warm body uh, in a classroom, uh, most of them don't end up making it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you just increase the turnover rate because these people aren't going to make it. In the meantime, they've either paid the $5,000 or... The government's paid it. Somebody's paid it, and and then they're just tossed out, knowing from the beginning that that they most likely weren't going to make it. And right. um, and then you wonder where the the big turnover rates come. That that's going to go way up as soon as this um, new influx of the uh, drivers comes in, because
8: yeah. you know they, and they ain't, just aren't. It raises a question to me when I hear the ATA and, and even Ellen Voice saying, Oh, you should go to a PTDI certified school. Well, why are they recruiting out of schools that aren't PTDI certified then? It would stand to reason that no company that recruits out of a school that's not PTDI certified is already suspect then.
3: Well, and two.
4: Um, Alan, you explained this to me when I asked you. There's accreditation and there's PTDI. There's all kinds of accreditation. You could be accredited and not be a member of the PTDI. It costs money to be a member there.
1: Um, well, so you can be accredited. You can be certified uh, and PTDI, which is you know, which is a big plus, but. The main reason schools, a lot of schools aren't PDCI, is because it's, it's a, it can be a rather lengthy process, and there's just a cost involved. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a poor school. Uh, I mean, you know, it, Eagle, tra- Eagle I mean, training I, service. I
8: I I I came from a I came from a very bad school, you know, and I'm a good driver and And I know other um students you know I mean good students do emerge from bad schools it's just it's yeah. conflicting when you start saying that, "Oh well, then, if you go to the one with this particular stamp of approval, then you've already got a gold letter next to your name. Well, that's not true because the truth oh, no. is you don't know what you're in for till you get out on the road because a lot of people who are completely confident at school choke when they get out on the road.
3: Yeah.
8: Or they choke when they gotta go and get into a shower that thousands of other people have taken a shower in. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know? Yeah. You
8: never know what's gonna make them choke
3: out
1: there.
8: Was your
4: school P T D I certified, Desiree?
1: No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks uh, no, you do I, I already know the answer to that. <laughs> 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 uh, listen to Desiree talk, the I can
9: answer the that. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> but
8: you know what? Um, one that is, it has a notorious reputation, had an ATA, America's Road Team guy recruiting at their booth at Matt, and it's one of the notor- m- most notoriously bad C- CDL mills there is. So what kind of message is that?
3: Right. You know, yeah. if it's an
8: America's Road Team um, master trainer from my company as a matter of fact at this booth helping to recruit students. What's
4: the message what's the message you're trying to put across there? Yeah. Well it's a mixed message. That's the message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well I hear yeah. you. Well I I got uh uh okay. I only got about go- Desiree, you sound tired. Are you worn out?
8: Um, I had a long day of free labor,
3: and I'm having oh, a dinner well,
8: at the same time.
3: Okay. I well, did
8: getting... 8 dropping and hooks, and I only get paid for 100 miles at 27 cents. So, oh, my um, gosh. So
1: that's like free labor. You're right. That is free labor. <laughs> Very much like yeah. free labor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, welcome to the wonderful world of OTR trucking. And I've got about five minutes, Desiree. Thanks. Uh, um, you just sounded tired to me. Get some rest. and. And be safe out there. And and Don, about five minutes, I guess. Uh, I guess we ought to show. We ought to say here in closing that we ought to conquer the problems of inadequate C D L training and improve um, company training requirements before we uh, uh, get so locked up in this 65 age thing, right?
4: Oh, I, I think that's the whole thing. And every time you look, uh, you know, it's the training. When you talk about safety, you have to discuss the schools and the training, and that's really just the bottom line. And there are some good training companies and some excellent training schools out there, and kudos to all of you guys. Uh, Good for you. Um, And uh, those of you who know you need to step it up, well, just step it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well said. So. Okay, we're just about winding out of time here and uh thanks for tuning in everyone and thanks to all of you in the chat room. I tried to chat right there along with you, but uh, uh did the best I can. I appreciate y'all being here, uh all our callers. I think we got all our callers on here, had a lot of listeners here online, and of course our international listeners. I know the uh our shout out to uh what was his name? John there's Jeff quite Gray. a
4: few others but this gentleman happened to give us yeah. his
1: name. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Gray in New Zealand. So I always like those emails from our international listeners. Uh, I got an email a while back from a guy in Africa said he likes to hear the voice from America and and uh they really pumped me up too because they call me the voice of trucking. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: but appreciate all the international callers, everyone across North America and everywhere. Appreciate you tuning in and uh, uh, Keep up to date on our upcoming shows at blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking, and we welcome your questions and comments on our blog at askthetrucker.com. And uh, you heard Donna mentioned it earlier, if you have an iPhone or plan on getting one, we invite you to download Trucker, the first iPhone app for the trucking industry, and it's only 99 cents, and you can grab it at truckerapp.com, and if you're a Twitterer. Like Desiree and her thumb that keeps going, follow us at twitter.com slash trucker. And we're on Facebook as Truth About Trucking LLC and, of course, our main website that started it all, truthabouttrucking.com. And upcoming shows will be focusing on the DAC report as well as owner-operator lease purchase programs offered through these trucking companies you've heard me talk about. And uh, my goal here at Truth About Trucking Live is to help those CDL students and new drivers be successful in their trucking careers by sharing with them information that they may not be aware of when it comes to this little game called OTR Trucking, and uh, information that we are proud to have been the first to discuss publicly and getting that info out there for you to hear and know about because... You can make trucking work if you just know the right companies, and there are some good companies out there. So, thanks for hanging with me this evening, and Donna, I appreciate your uh, assistance and all that you do. Um, you don't get enough credit, but uh, you're my right hand arm. There, right hand arm, or right hand. <laughs> See, I've crazy. been aw- I've been awake since ten thirty yesterday morning. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, always appreciate everybody. Truth about trucking live the first. And premier trucking talk show on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, you heard Jan McCarter call in a little while ago, her and her husband Jim. Um, they have com, And uh, as we all know, Jan has quite the voice. And uh, we just get knocked out by some of the tunes she sings. So here's Jan McCarter with Dragging My Wagon. And you can download all the songs at Jan and Jim McCarter's website, com. And uh, appreciate you tuning in again. We'll catch you next time right here on Truth About Trucking Live. So until then, I'm Alan Smith along with Donna. Drive safe and...